0: On a Thursday edition of the podcast, the final day of our edge rusher portion of the Summer Scouting series. We've been running through edge rushers for the 2021 NFL Draft Class, but it's it's honestly still really weird to say that. I have not gotten over like the 2021. And I feel like 2020 just rolls straight off the tongue. Have not gotten there with 2021 yet. I really have to think about it every single time. But part of making that switch is doing the Summer Scouting series, getting a first look at. At some of the guys that we could be watching in college football this year, focusing on the pass rush players, Ben. Four more guys, at least four more guys to get to today. I'll just ask right off the bat: You got any extra guys? You're, 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 you're going to share some scouting notes for at the end.
1: Yeah. So we got the question about Shaka Tony, which brother I wanted to get Shaka Tony in. We but, will. I watched him a yeah. little bit. I got a little Shaka Tony takes. So we'll yeah, Jason Owa, who was a teammate of his at Penn State, I knew we had to get in. So. Watching him as the actual guy listed, and then kind of watching Chaka Tony out of the uh corner of my eye when they were on the field at the same time. Uh, so I got him, and then I also watched the the Buffalo kid, uh, Coons. Koontz. Ko- Malcolm. <laughs> I don't know, you're on your own there. I didn't watch Koontz. him. I don't know. I don't His know. last name is K O O N C E, which like is Koontz. sick, but I is it Koons? Anyway, I, no, yeah, so. I have no idea. Oh, he's Buffalo. I Buffalo, and then um. I know some of the Notre Dame kids, like Big Cat Brian's back, obviously. Apparently, um, uh, this Florida State kid, K- Kando, Kando you're six tr- seven, you're, 250. Listen, man, if
0: you're going to bring people to the pod, you can't bring it with such mystery and it's mislead so people.
1: It's so to remember that when you, all you do is read these players' names, eventually you're going to have to talk about them, <laughs> that i have never pronounced them or heard them pronounced in your life. Dude, I um, I make sure,
0: when I know I'm going to struggle with a guy's name, to write down the pronunciation of their name, like, right next to it on the scattering report. I make sure to do that.
1: I usually do. Um, <laughs> Not yeah, a guarantee, now, though. So, yeah, I've, I've caught a lot of this edge class, because... I had a sneaking suspicion before this week that this edge class was good, and so I've caught a lot of this edge class from different angles. Looking at at, at first, have like seniors that we already know, but then also checking out some of the younger guys, uh, Aziz Ojolari, the Georgia KTD Moultrie, the uh, the Auburn kid. And it's uh, we got some talented young men. I feel in the edge like class this year. the
0: edge class isn't really talked about at this point in time. You know, it feels like the wide receiver class, yeah. uh, the quarterback class. And the interior defensive line class are the ones where it's like, okay, well, these are the strong points. If you need one, this is the class for you. But here we are. We got at least six more edge rushers we're talking about today. I I like the talent that's in this group. So you already mentioned Jason Noah from Penn State. Patrick Jones, the second from Pitt. is another guy that we're looking at. Chris Rump, the second from Duke. And then Hamilcar Rashid Jr. We just got a bunch of like descendant guys in this podcast we got a junior yeah, yeah. and we got two the seconds they were would you sure be a junior or would you be a the second oh the second i, I yeah, would, not, sure. even, would sure. not even think about it man Does there
1: have to be a the third for you to be the the second are you a the junior until you create a the third and then you are allowed to then become a the second
0: no i mean i'm like, gonna keep I, on I putting
1: the the in front of the number too.
0: i don't think i don't think chris rumps uh the second just because oh, right, there's yeah. a third
1: I feel. I feel like like that's like I, I think in my head. To me, it's like junior and senior until a third is introduced, and then you can. I kind mean, of that make, would
0: yeah, that would I think yeah. be logical. But it, I'm gonna pronounce throughout the the podcast. I'm gonna do it like the Ohio State, and I'm just gonna be like Chris Rump the. the. Second,
1: <laughs> I just like my basically the root of my question is: Can I start calling calling myself Benjamin Solak the first, even though there is no plan for there to ever be a Benjamin Solak the second?
0: Yeah, I, I went through a phase like that when I was in high school, and you're closer oh, to sure. high school age, so I think I changed my Facebook name at one point to Trevor James Hickam of the first, and I was, wow. I was like, wow, this is good. this is cool. Now I'm big. I'm, cool. What a cool kid! I, I really wasn't. Uh No, Facebooks. No. Like, Dark time in everybody's life. All right, so who we talk about first? Of the four guys that I named before we get to the extra guys at the end, who do you want to get to first?
1: We should, we should open with Chris Rumpf because I feel like Chris Rumpf's gotten a ton of run. I'm sorry,
0: can you say his name right? Chris Rumpf, the, the second.
1: Because he's gotten a lot of run recently for his production, and his film was really interesting. Uh, yeah, um, but super he's interesting. A, he's, a, he's a difficult... Eval right now.
0: Extremely. So, Chris Rump, the second, six foot three, 225 pounds. Yes, you heard me correctly. Young six man foot three, 225 pounds. And I'm almost not so sure he's 225. He showed up at Duke weighing about 215 at the same height. He's played in all 25 games that he was a non redshirt for. So, they have gotten him on the field as much as they possibly could have over the last two years. He's a three-star recruit coming out. The son of Chris Rump, the first, who is a long-time football coach, was a four-year letterman linebacker at the University of South Carolina. After that, he went on to coach. Shoot, he's been so many different places uh, over the course of his coaching career in college. And right now, he he coaches outside linebackers for the Houston Texans. So, you said that Chris Rump the second was quite the interesting eval. We don't see a lot of 225-pound edge players in the NFL, Ben. And by we don't see many, I mean zero. There are zero players in the NFL that rush the passer consistently as their main position at that weight. It does not happen. So what do we make of this, dude?
1: Right. So we're going to open right here. Chris Rumpf cannot play edge of the NFL at 225 pounds. Not So so time. No. Yes. And and they don't they don't just have him as a as a stand-up
0: linebacker at Duke. Like he plays hand in the dirt. (laughs) They put him in four three defensive
1: end. Right. They are extremely bold with like, you know, we dare you to run at the two hundred and twenty five pound guy. And some smart teams go okay. Like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Alabama was like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, listen, Rumpf is Mm -hmm. I mean, like, if there's a bar of functional in run defense, I think he's over it because of how good he is at knifing a gap. And so, if you're exclusively asking him to maintain the C gap, I think he can do it. But even then, like, if you need him to maintain it with any sort of like leverage, you know, uh, uh, uh funnel technique right where he's keeping that outside shoulder clear and he's making sure that the running back has to cut back inside i mean he gets even when he's maintaining a gap he gets displaced a significant degree and he plays with good natural leverage and i don't think he's lacking for power it's just he's 225 pounds and the offensive tackle is 325 pounds and that's not a a battle that he's going to be able to win regularly at the collegiate level and it's not a battle that he wins at the nfl level i think when you project him forward so right now like what Rumpf is, cannot be drafted highly, because he is a two-down player. Yeah, on I, a yeah, on um, a a three-four defense where he's the outside rush linebacker. Right. Now, yeah. That all of this to say, yes. one, he didn't start playing football until his sophomore year of high school, which his dad is, like you said, a super long-term football coach. Um, but Rumph had a uh, he had an interview with. Joe on the draft network, which you can read, and he shares that, um, you know, his dad wouldn't let him play football until he got to high school. I'm assuming it's for, uh, like, you know, like health reasons, right? For like limiting young concussions and so on and so forth. Yeah. Bump can clearly add more mass. And I also think he, like his frame can take it one and two, I think it should and he will have no depreciation in his quickness and in his lateral agility and in his fluidity, all of which are delightful. But I don't think that you're going to like rock this dude up and he's going to start to lose that. I think that there's clearly room on his body for it. Like you said, like, you don't even know if he's 225. That's because he's like 220 and he also is lean, right? Like he's 6'3". He's got decent length. Like he could just add functional strength. And and I think it would be fine. Like I think we can get this guy to 235. Easy. Yeah, I think
0: 235,
1: easy. Right, which to me is like you know the floor for outside linebacker on the field for three downs, right? Like, ideally, you're in the 240s, but I will sneak with 235. You have great technique. I think we can get him to 235, 240, no problem. So, um, Rumpf clearly Rump's talked about adding mass. He planned, I don't know where he's at right now currently. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the NFL still has him in like the 220s. Um, uh, when Dane Brugler does his rankings for the Athletic, he lists their height and weight based off how NFL teams have them listed, and he has them at 227. So that's where we are with him weight-wise. But putting all this aside, because you have to sit down at some point, look beyond the weight, and simply say, holy Moses, Kiki Marshall's a passer. I mean, what the frick? He knows everything. Yeah. Unbe- He's even faster up pa- uh, in between the ears than he is with his feet. Yeah. He's
0: so quick. There's the, the, the most interesting part of this eval is – That Chris Rump is kind of like a, he's kind of like an experimental creative player where you go, okay, I'm going to make this guy smaller than normal because it's going to make him a lot faster. And you basically say, if he is, if he is really, really good at everything else, like if he has that explosiveness, Is he, if he has that lateral agility, if he knows how to use it, right? I mean, like, if he uh, understands the fundamentals of how to rush the passer, if he understands multiple pass rush moves, if he understands counters, if he knows blocking schemes and where they might be weak and how to time gap pressures and things like that, then what do we have? You have Chris Rump because he does he does almost everything you would want from a pass rusher at a really, really high level. You talked about him being almost faster in processing between the ears than he is on the field. And I agree with you. He he knows how to do everything. No situation seems to catch him off guard. And even if it does for a split second, I mean, he knows how to counter it. He knows where to put himself. He understands leverage. He under, understands angles, all of this stuff. The only part right. of his game that I really don't like is that he's 225. That's it. So much more of it. There's so many other parts of his game beyond just him being fast. That you love. And I'll give you an example. When Noah Spence came to the Buccaneers in 2016, I think Noah weighed like 245-ish. And at mm-hmm. one point, he got on this diet where he really leaned out. He looked he looked ripped. He looked like he didn't have a fat cell on his body. And he was right around like 240, I think. Maybe like just under it. He might have been like 238. He couldn't hold up. Like the like he clear he just did not have the strength in the NFL even at two thirty eight and so then he then he went the the complete opposite direction and he bulked up to like two fifty two two fifty five at that point he was way too slow the explosiveness of Noah Spence that we saw at Ohio State and uh, Eastern Kentucky just wasn't there anymore and all of a sudden like this talented pass rusher just kind of got washed out of the league because he couldn't make do with where his weight was. I, don't, I hope that doesn't happen with Chris Rump, and I, I don't think it will because Chris Rump understands pass rushing at an extremely high level right, right now, even higher than Noah Spence did. So I, that gives me some faith that there's an example I have recently in my head where I go, man, I tried the Bucks tried to make weight work with Noah Spence. It didn't work. But I feel like Chris Rump's got a better chance to have that because he does so many things at a really high level.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing is like Rump, again, like you read this interview with Joe and he's like, listen, like I was late to it. I was playing basketball. I was playing baseball. I was not trying to have mass." And then he says, look what I did at 225. That's what I look at as motivation for what I can be. So like he very clearly understands that like for him to to get to uh, the NFL, you know, radar really is an early draft pick. He has to add more mass, But he also understands that at 225, he's cooking cats. And like, that's awesome because for a guy who like I think he has good length is I don't think it's great length but for a guy who's generally undersized besides you know like the length that he's able to rush with for him to be as good at getting inside the phone booth to get outside of the phone booth working a two-way go his swipe is nasty and he's got that euro step to him right he's got that ability to change direction really fluid taking steps outside of his frame to force tackles to turn right he says you know like uh, again in this interview you know these 300 pounders they don't want to run with you they don't want to bend with you you think they, they you think they like like oh you're worried about me dealing with him in the running game you think they like dealing with me in the passing game with the amount of quickness that this guy has and then his his ability to to clear hands right cuz that's what's critical is that he cannot allow his opponent to land hands right, his yeah. ability to work to his shoulder and then he can rush fight power with power when he gets to his shoulder he has good natural leverage and like i said he i think he plays well with power even though he doesn't have a high ceiling of power because he's 225. And so that ability already to rush with power is just going to be added uh, additional cake, additional ice cream on top when he's playing a potentially 240. Um, the other thing to note about Rumpf, which is important, is that because of his size, because of his quickness, Duke will take him and stand him up in the B gap and in the A gap. You know, Leonard Floyd style, Georgia. Yes, yeah, right? that's a really and, good example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they they do a... um. A really nice, they'll get him on loops there and everything like that. But he's also wonderful at uh, if he's head up in a gap and he's rushing that gap, he'll explode two steps, fights with enough power, compromises pocket integrity, makes a quarterback move off of his set point that opens up his teammates. Or if he's lined up in the A gap because he's looping into the C gap, boy, gets there quicker than, than you can imagine. Right. And so. The, the lateral quickness to me and the hand usage are the best traits with Chris Rumpf. They allow him to work a bevy of two-way-go rush moves. He's still able to rush through power, fight pressure with pressure, take tight angles. So he doesn't get pushed around the peak of the pocket. He has good bend. I mean, a lot of what you're looking for is great. So to me, I wrote down Randy Gregory, right? Now, Gregory was like 6'5 with 39-inch arms or something, right? Gregory yeah, was right. super long. Gregory tall. had the length. Rumpf's not that tall. He's not that long. But when we talk about... Three-point stance, wide technique, first step, and then the bend to murder anybody. Gregory and Rump. I mean, R- Gregory came out at 235, right? So if Rump comes out at 235, for me, like, you know, he's not – because he's not Sutton Smith, right? He's not Hassan Redick. He's so much better of a pass rusher than those guys were. So I I've, I've, I've thought about Randy Gregory.
0: Yeah, Randy Gregory was one of the names that popped out to me when I was looking up Mock Draftable's database, looking at guys of – like, hey, if there's anybody even close to a passer right. who comes with that weight. And he was really the only notable one. I, I didn't I didn't find a lot of other, other guys who were successful. And that's the point here, right? We want to see if he can be successful. He's clearly got to put on weight no matter what. I mean, he's got to put on at least that 10 pounds to get to 3- 335 at a minimum. To be even in the conversation of the highs of what Gregory could have been uh, at that weight. But he's got to get up to somewhere between... 235 and 240 to play in the NFL, and I think that he can. I think that it was a good point recognizing his frame and seeing that, like, dude, this dude looks lean right now, which tells you that he could probably put some weight on it and he could he could probably thrive pretty well. I, I really love this tape. It's just a this is this is not really a negotiation thing. Yeah, un, until you put on weight, if you put him in the NFL right now, he's he's just a pass rush specialist. You can't put him out there for anything else other than clear pass rush downs. And he'll be fun for you in that regard. And if that's what he is, I still think that he's got a place in the NFL, but it ain't as a full-time player. He's He's got to get up to that weight. And uh, I'm glad that he obviously recognizes that too. And it sounds like he's motivated to get to that point. And I think that when we do, we're still going to see a really great edge rusher because so many of the, the intangibles, the X-factor parts of playing pass rusher, he's already got down. And mm-hmm. if you're talking about that with a player who's only been playing for, Five six ish years. That's a really great baseline. Moving on to the pros, whenever he does, who's next? Yeah, who we got next?
1: Uh, well, okay, I should have had him first because of my affinity for the Oregon State football program. But go beefs Okay, or Hamilcar Rashid. <laughs> All right, okay, Hamilcar Rashid.
0: Is it Rashid or Rashid? I thought I thought you looked this up. See, the majority of the people that I heard say his name. Including the people on like Pac-12 Network, who I was listening to, said it was Rashid. So I'm gonna go with Hamilcar Rashid. Hamaka.
1: Rashid. There you go. Is, you don't, you don't pronounce the R. I know that for a fact.
0: What do you got against? What do you got against the R's at the end of names, man? What are you gonna you do? Just, what are you gonna, are you gonna say my name? are you gonna say this my is, name is this Trevo? This is how he says his name. What am do I you Trevo know got now? The name? I don't know. Because there was a bunch of ham in a car. Quote,
1: my grandparents thought it up, I guess, and it just happened. End quote. <laughs> wait, is that what he says? Yes. I don't really know if there's a story to it. I've been called Hamlin, Hamlicar, Hamilton. I get used to it. It just goes over his head. Rasheed uh, oh, Jr.'s coaches God. mostly call him Ham. <laughs> they just oh, call wait. him Big Ham. You can't say anything bad about Ham now for the entire duration of the 2021 NFL draft season.
0: Mm. I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep that. But I do like Hamburg Rashid. All right, six yeah. foot four, 235, 240 pounds, somewhere in between there. He's played in 36 games with 21 starts. Very experienced player here. He was a three star recruit. Ben, he once had 10 sacks in a single high school game. Casual. And his team had
1: 28. See, dude, I don't like that part of it because I think it makes the the six sacks sound less impressive. You should just like, he had 10 sacks, and that's it.
0: He had one-third of his team's sacks. Almost a third. Calm down, math nerds. And his team had 28 sacks. That's not impressive? He had more than a third. You did that backwards. Oh, yeah, he had more than a third. Calm down, Trev. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, calm down, Trev. He had 14 sacks last season, 22 and a half tackles for loss really productive 2019. And I think effort, relentless pursuit of the ball is a big reason why he was a stat stuffer the way that he was.
1: I mean, sure. Like, his effort is great. I agree with you. But I think that, you know, he he's not just a hustle sack. Man. Oh, didn't, didn't, didn't
0: mean for it to, to come off like that. If it, I did, yeah. I apologize. Really just saying, like, starting off as a baseline. You even get a lot of guys, the reason why I said that is, you get players who they're really talented, but sometimes they won't like fill up the stat sheet like this dude does. He fills up the stat sheet because there's plenty of plays during a season where it's just like, all right, that was kind of a broken play for the offense. It was a tackle for loss. It wasn't going to go anywhere, anyways. And Rashid was there to make it happen. Well, he's there because he's always in pursuit of it. He's always around the ball. He's always running towards it. And so that is a baseline. I think he's a he. He racks up that many stats. Because I think he's got a great baseline as a player, as a guy who's going to give you effort at all times.
1: No, I hear you for sure. And I think that, right, a big point to that effect is like Rashid, and this is going to sound dumb, is really good as an unblocked defender. Like I have it down that, like, whenever he is a key defender on a read play, he's typically causing problems. He can explode into the mesh point, mesh charge, and he can create havoc because he's got wonderful linear burst but then also he's got really good lateral agility he's got great range and he's as you as you pointed out a high quality pursuit player so what this means is even when, if he's unblocked on the back side of a play he gets involved in pursuit and he cuts off cutback angles and he'll hit you like a ton of bricks um he's not the most dense dude but he'll he, he moves real fast right And so he'll hit you with momentum um so he's very very good in that regard run defense wise not dissimilarly to uh, rumpf it's obviously the of a problem but Rashid does tip the scales like 238 i think we have him 240 at 64 he's a little bit upright at times and I oh just yeah don't. yeah i think yeah, yeah. you can
0: see that easy in his film he attack
1: he attacks high a lot yeah yeah, yeah. and so he doesn't uh he, he's not the best when it comes to again functional strength in the running game when it's flow two, he can give up yardage at times he would much rather knife in uh, and, and control a gap, penetrate, turn a runner upfield, uh, then he would just maintain gap integrity and turn a runner, uh, you know, into a different gap, into help, so on and so forth. So nothing that's not problematic for if you're playing this guy as a stand-up outside rusher. Yeah, I think he's he's perfectly fine. As a pass rusher, Rashad Jr.'s hips, man. Nice. Yeah. Very. Yeah, nice. He knows what he's doing. Very. Rashed Junior nice. is one, Rashid Junior. Excuse me. Is one of these rushers who's very, very good at setting you up like a basketball player will. Where he'll put his hips directly into you, right? So he, he's facing you completely, and then all of a sudden he'll flip those hips and get to your outside shoulder, get to your inside shoulder. He'll step through your cylinder and immediately start finding you with pressure on the outside. He's got that little, you know, that hesitation swipe move rush. You saw him hit one against Hawaii. You saw him hit one against Stanford, where he gives the tackle just like he, he he drifts right into the tackle's range. And then the second the tackle says, oh, he's close enough, he just O-lays him, right? Just that two-handed swipe and that, that quick outside jump cut is basically what it is. And all of a sudden, he's cleared hands. And that's where he's going to be at his best is when he's taking a two-way go and he's working those hips and he's working those hands, using his lateral quickness to get an angle. And then, like I said, he's very, very explosive throughout the ref. So he does have a good first step. Though oftentimes for Oregon State, he's not necessarily aligning in a stance that lends itself to explosiveness. They have him with even stances a lot. They have him, uh, you know, reading uh, uh, down into the running game before he's attacking a passer a lot. He's not really truly a, a you know, one gap outside edge track sort of a rusher because their interior guys are two gapping. And they're asking him to drop into coverage, right? They're asking him to, to read running back releases. So he's not getting off the ball as fast as, like, you know, uh, Joe Tryon is even in Washington, let alone like Quincy Roche was at Temple. But when he wants to get off, when he's allowed to explosive first step and he's really explosive down to the quarterback as well. Mm-hmm. And then the final thing that I, I really like about Rashid is because of the explosiveness and then a, a good comfort with physicality. He's a fanisher. Sure. He does not miss a lot of sacks. It goes back to the hustle you talked about. Rashid doesn't have perfect bend. So he will get pushed beyond the peak of the pocket at times, but he's one of those really heady outside rushers that understands, listen, as long as I clear this tackle, being three yards behind a quarterback who thinks I've been blocked isn't the worst place in the world to be. Yeah, right. You can speak up on him. Yeah, exactly. So he will fight late throughout those reps, get himself back upfield, and he gets hustle pressures and he gets hustle, hustle sacks when he initially looks like he's lost the rep, and that's really impressive. So... Outside linebacker. Don't think that I want him as a five tech. I want him as a seven tech or wider. He can play down yeah. four or three for me, but I like his drop ability. He's good at getting into pass rush lanes or into into uh, passing lanes. He'll jump. He'll he'll hit the ball down. Good veteran veteran acknowledgement there. Um, so I like him. Three four outside linebacker, round two pick, day one starter, super high sack guy. I think he'd have to be a little bit stronger, a little bit more uh, technical. I don't think he has perfect bend, but ready to go. I feel similar to him as I do about Basham. Not perfect, but I know exactly where I'm going to put you, and I'm going to start getting stuff out of you in year one.
0: Yeah, I, I like him in that stand-up role as well. I think you did a good job highlighting kind of the things that he does well. What I would mention with him is that he rushes high, and he's 6'4". And when you just like kind of like look at his body type, you figure, all right, it's, it's understandable that this dude's going to rush a little bit high, especially because a lot of times he is coming from a two-point stance. He's not getting fully down with a hand in the dirt using leverage like that. And so... It's not the worst thing in the world when you rush high the way that he does. I don't think it's like debilitating at all. But in order for me to, I think, get the most out of him, he's got to be more consistent with clearing the offensive lineman's hands with his. Because there are a couple of times where, and I wrote this down, he likes hitting that inside move. And I think he's strong when he does it. I think he sets up offensive tackles really well. But there are times when he tries to hit that inside move, and he just like he doesn't quite connect with the hands. He doesn't quite clear the offensive tackles, uh, striking range on him, and they just, they really get into him. Because he rushes high naturally, coming from a two-point stance, and with him just being 6'4", he gives up his chest a lot more than a guy who's you know coming off closer to the ground or something like that. And so, knowing that you just kind of naturally give up your chest a little bit more when you're playing with that style, you've really got to be consistent with swiping that offensive tackle's hands away, with clearing those hands so you can then hit some sort of a rip on them or a swim move or whatever it is. And so that's my big thing with him. I like the hips. I like the explosiveness. I don't think he's a rare athlete, but I do think he's a pretty good athlete. I think he's got strong enough hands. I just wanted to see that a little bit more consistently because there there are some moves that he tries to pull off, and he does them decently well consistently but I think he can really take that next step and use those moves and continue to get in the pocket even more than he does now and at the next level you talked about really knowing where to implement him and use him from day one that's the biggest thing for me is that if you're going to kind of be a high rusher if you're going to be a stand-up guy you know that naturally you're going to expose your midsection a little bit more that's a big target area for offensive tackles to really get in you and make sure that you can't get anywhere else you clear the hands away your job gets a lot easier. So if he gets more consistent with that, I really like him.
1: I really like him because he's a beaver. That's all I needed to see, brother. Go beeves <laughs> Ben, what's your favorite
0: fast food restaurant? Like, what, what's your favorite oh. place that you could, if you could get any kind of takeout food, let's just say, oh, I don't know, like in a crazy reality, delivered straight to your door, mm. what would be a place
1: that you'd get? Oh, I've been hankering for a Euro recently. There's a, there's a place like in the collegey area of Kalamazoo called Nick's Euros where they do mm. like they do like pretty traditional Euros, but they also do like cool Euros with like weird sauce and stuff. Mm. Listen, put lamb in a pita. I'll be willing to try a lot of things. I like, have good not
0: too. had a good Euro in a yeah. long time. It's been and a you know hot what? Second. I was going a certain way with this ad read. But now I'm just going straight up the Euro alley. (laughs) After this podcast is done, I am heading to DoorDash immediately and trying to find the nearest Euro place to get one for lunch. Guys, there's plenty of places, I'm sure that you're familiar, that you can go to to have your favorite local restaurants deliver their food straight to your door. But DoorDash is running a promo right now for this podcast where... You can get $5 off and no delivery fee on your first order of more than $15. All you have to do is download the DoorDash app. Use the promo code Locked On. You can make it happen. Like I said, I was going a different direction with this. I was fully ready to get into my favorite sandwich place in in Charlotte right here, but now I'm going the second we get done with this podcast. I'm going straight to Euros. I'm going to figure it out because I I haven't found a good Euro place in Charlotte. This is a great time to do that. I know everybody's working from home a lot more now sometimes time can get away from you. I'm kind of terrible with that. So, you know, I'll sit down at work at you know, 9, 10 a.m., and all of a sudden I look up and it's like 2 p.m., and I forgot to eat lunch. Well, if you're ever in that situation and you need to get day something every day. quick, or if you're a little bit of a better planner than Ben and I, DoorDash can still help you out. You can continue to get the work that you need to get done. But they'll deliver your favorite lunch right to your front door. So download the DoorDash app, use the promo code Locked On, get five dollars off and zero delivery fee on your first order of fifteen or more dollars. Can we do Patrick Jones a second next? Oh, that's exactly what I was thinking. Oh, good, Patrick Jones the second from the University of Pittsburgh. We looked at his teammate Jalen Twyman earlier this summer scouting series. I believe it was last week when we were on the interior defensive line class. And I said that Patrick Jones continued to catch my eye rushing off the edge. I was excited to get to him. I'm excited to talk about him now. Patrick Jones 2nd going to be one of my favorite pass rushers in this class. I hope there's some things that we got to oh, talk yeah? about. He's got to get better. 6'5", 260 pounds. He's a three-star recruit. I thought he was really explosive out of his stance. And when I think you you talk about like a starting point for what a guy can't do, man... He can rush off the edge, and when he times things correctly, he'll get by it in an instant. What did you think of Patrick Jones?
1: Yeah, 6'5", 260, put him in a lab. Man, that's, that's, you grew him out of a Petri dish like that, lengthy, right? And he's, hmm, how bendy is he? I don't think he's rare bend, but I think he's got adequate bend. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. I, uh. When, when, when we talk about dip, rip, bend, and finish, right, as, as the profile for that outside rush, you got to dip that inside shoulder, get it underneath the tackle's punch. you got to rip then up with that inside arm to, to fight pressure with pressure, to disengage the tackle from you. Bend in that lower half uh, to take that angle tight. Flatten so you're aimed towards the quarterback and then finish at the quarterback set point. That's our prototypical outside rush. Patrick Jones has got Rip flat and finish locked. And then it's that dip with that uh, that inside shoulder and it's that bend to take that tight angle. And sometimes it's it's the dip that fails him. Sometimes he's not able to reduce his surface area deep enough. You need to be able to sink those hips and really dip that inside shoulder which is it's difficult to maintain your momentum at that austere angle. And this is where, you know, the Von Millers of the world made all their money. is because Von Miller can run under a table. Right. And that's that's that dip ability. Jones, six, five, just not the most flexible dude there. And then, all right, he's got the dip. He's ripping up through and now it's time to bend. Now it's time to really rush through that tight angle, tilt through that angle. Have your your feet all the way out here. Be fighting pressure with pressure, tough angles through the knees and the hips. And some, usually he gets it, and sometimes it's not enough. And so Pat Jones right now is an outside rusher who he beats you with that first step. But if you are able to keep pace with him, he has to get better at either dip and bend, uh, improving his flexibility, something that can improve over time, or he's got to become a little bit more active with his hands. Yes. Because right now a lot of it is flash that inside hand and then dip, rip, bend, and we're just trying to get to that, win that race to that outside shoulder, which he does very frequently. He he does. Great first step. He does. So we're always trying to win that, that, that race. But then sometimes when we don't, we need to have the ability with our hands to separate. We need to have the ability with our hands too. And this is what we talk about softening the rush angle. Well, okay. He doesn't have the perfect dip. He doesn't have the perfect bend. So there are times where he gets pushed beyond the ideal rush angle and beyond the quarterback set point. If you can soften that rush angle with your hand, you soften that rush angle. He hit one of these against um, uh, Miami where he gave him a little hesitation move and that stopped the tackle's feet. It softens that rush angle for you. You don't have to take, uh, you, you have more room for error in yes. that outside rush. More track.
0: room for bend error is what you mean. Yeah,
1: by. yeah, right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like more, you don't it, have to be a Von Miller to get by him. Yeah. You don't have to rush the perfect rep. Now, because we mentioned this with Rumpf and because we mentioned this with Rashid, worth mentioning here with Jones. Good run defender. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really quality. Excellent to see because for a speed rusher, great length, wonderful with his hands, knows how to stack, shed, and separate, keeps himself clean. Will Knife back inside gets, you know, involved in plays he should not get involved in with a really quick processor with a large tackle radius with good power. Very, very sound player to leave on the field for all three downs. Do not think he's a sack artist in the NFL. But if you when we talk about building a pass rush, one of the things that we forget to talk about is that like not all four pass rushers in a four man rush have the responsibility of getting to the quarterback. Some have the responsibility of moving the quarterback off of his set point. Some of the quarterback of making sure the quarterback, they they have the responsibility of making sure the quarterback can't escape. what we call uh, maintaining levels in your pass rush. Pat Jones as a outside pass rusher maintaining the level, making sure the quarterback can't escape on the outside of the pocket. It's exactly what you need. Maybe that's six sacks a season and that's okay. Uh, but, but Jones is very sound to keep on the field for three downs and his ceiling is conditional on making that outside rush not just a thing where his, his his sacks come from it, but also his worst plays come from it, but really ironing out the consistency so that he hits it and he becomes a more serious threat on that on every single down.
0: Yeah, hands were the big thing for me because, you know, I think you asked the right question at the beginning, like how much bend does he have? You know, how flexible do you think he is? And I, I, I think that he's good. Like I think he's adequate, but he, he's clearly not rare. And what he consistently tries to do when attacking an outside shoulder is He tries to do the rare move, you know, like he tries to do the Von Miller stuff. He tries to do like, okay, I'm not going to really engage a lot with my hands because I'm going to be so quick off the snap. I'm going to hit that shoulder dip. I'm going to rip right by you and I'm going to limit the contact and just get to the pocket and then get to the quarterback that works in college football. He's got a lot of really good plays where he can hit that outside shoulder, and his first step is so good, he can beat them to a spot, he can make the offensive tackle uncomfortable, and like I said, he's got the adequate, I think, ability to stop and corner and get around four sacks. That's not going to happen as easily in the NFL. And so in order for him to continue to want to attack outside shoulders with some form of a rip defensive move, he has to be more active in... Clearing hands, getting hands off. I like how he did his swim move a little bit, but it, it again, it just seemed like the hands need to be more involved if he wants to stay this style of rusher, which I think it was also important that you mentioned at a baseline, I think this is a player that you could play on all three downs, and that's great because that means that on a down-to-down basis, He can give you pass rush potential. You know, it doesn't have to be just schemed or rotated in there. I think that he could do things for you. But I just felt like he kept trying to win in the flashiest way. I feel like the dip rip is the, you know, it's the sexy way to win as a speed outside rusher, right? It's it's the one that looks good. It gets the highlights, you know, it's the, Oh my God, how did he do that? Kind of a thing.
1: Yeah. But also I'd watch his Duke film as the last thing I would see in the world because boy, he hit those kids and an inside one too. I mean, like he was doing it.
0: No doubt about it. The Duke game, it was, the Duke game is big for him because I thought his first step was on display that game. And he, like I said, at the college level, he's really good at it. At the NFL level, the athleticism gives bumped up. I would say even more than a notch, especially on the trenches. You get some freak athletes moving on the trenches, especially the starting offensive tackles in the NFL. He's not going to be able. I just I don't think he has the rare enough flexibility to win that sexy in the NFL but I still mm-hmm. think he can win in plenty of other ways. You start getting his hands involved, he could start doing clubs, he could start doing swim overs, he's doing all kinds of stuff that could that could clear the hands first and then get around and then get to a rip and then corner flip the hips, all that kinds of stuff. So, I think he could win still plenty in the NFL. But it's an interesting projection because he clearly targets winning with that minimal contact dip rip move. And I just I I don't know if for him how sustainable that is in the NFL. I would like to see him get his hands a little bit more involved as we get to the next level.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say with any... It's very rare to say of a college tackle, and his hands are or college edge, and his hands are exactly what you need them to be. Oh, make. yeah, of course. And, yeah. Right, right. You're, um, you're molding athletes at the college level. So it's not like Patrick yeah. Jones is behind. Right. It's, and Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think you were, you were saying that as such. I, um, I think the build is good. I think the explosiveness is good. I just, yeah, I want... Another season of technical growth. And then I think we're talking about somebody, you know, solid. Like, again, like, I, I don't think he's a high sack guy in the league, but a very solid pro. Jason Noah from
0: Penn State, the last guy that we have on yeah. the schedule for today. I want to start out by saying that Jason Noah doesn't make any goddamn sense because of how athletic this dude is I don't Healthy. get it he is a unicorn okay six foot five 255 pounds I'm just gonna read you some athletic numbers that have been reported all right I was not on scene to confirm them I will believe that they are lies until my eyes see them for themselves because they are that wild okay 65 255 remember this dude is an edge rusher 40 yard dash. He says he runs a 433 short shuttle says it's a four one one vert 36 and a half broad 10 seven yeah. Penn State is recruiting mutants you want to know where alien you want to know where area 51 is it's in Penn State it's in their weight room I bet they're recruiting it- extraterrestrial
1: okay. beings and- the thing about Area 51 is we do know where Area 51 is. It's in Nevada. No, no, no. That's it's the even... that no, no, no. That's the lie. The lie ah, is that it's in Nevada. It okay, the okay, government okay, okay. wants
0: you to think it's in Nevada. Really, it's in Happy Valley. So here's the thing. All right, outside of him being an athletic freak, I believe he only played 2 years of high school football before he ended up getting to Penn State. So you're going to notice some raw tendencies in his game, but it's a lot like Chris Rump. Dude just hasn't been playing the game that long. And so when you look at this kind of mold, it, it's hard to think of a, an edge rusher who you'd, you would want to build at a baseline level or just a starting athletic profile better than Jason Oa. But I do think as of right now, there's still plenty to work on in his game. What did you think when you actually popped on the film for this Area 51 kind of mutant football player?
1: Yeah, is he ready tomorrow? No. Do I care? No. <laughs> oh, man. He's so fast. He's so fast. He runs stuff down from the backside. Like, he's a freaking, like, safety. It's so dumb how explosive he is. He, uh, he like, has, like, lifting competitions with Michael Parsons. You know what I mean? Like, they're just, like, out here just, like, screwing around in the weight room, just being, like, absolute freakazoids. Oh, man. Michigan State film? Michigan film? is gracious he clearly has no idea what he's doing right I mean like he it's 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 two-handed swipe to an outside rush or as I'm trying to come through you with power it's pretty much what we got right now right and and, and that's okay um like you said not only only a couple years of playing football before he came to Penn State but also he was behind an early round draft pick in yet a gross and also, splitting time with a potential mid-round draft pick and Shaka Tony, who we're going to touch on a little bit just as we close up the podcast. And so he didn't even really like he had titular starts, but he never really had a game where it was like. And there's Jason Olway taking the majority of the snaps right now. This profile of size, explosiveness, bend, six five two sixty, like built like a you know monster like out of a lab. And then he's doesn't just make any sense. Silky in terms of how he moves, It's ridiculous. So it was it's like watching like uh, I remember when I when remember like, Terrell Lewis at Alabama and was like, oh, he's a potential first rounder, and you're like, why? And then you go back and you watch his freshman film before you got injured, and you're like, how is this even a, a human being? Like that's what it <laughs> is, right? It's, oh, it doesn't have the uh, the the injury history, right? So he's just still so ridiculous. He's changed direction just like when he's in space. It's 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 astounding to see. So. This mold, one or two guys in a class, if that, right? The other thing is, he w- he'll he have like sacks that he wins. Like he had a sack against Purdue where he won with explosiveness and he got like a yard with his first two steps. Like his first two steps were terrible. He was directly up out of his stance. And then he just beat the dude to the corner anyway, right? So there's so many easy things that you can fix with Owa and still have him be immediately more productive, right? Just in an instant. Like, his his sack number is going to go through the roof when somebody just teaches him how to fire through a shoot on every single down, because he doesn't even do that yet, right? So the twitch, the explosiveness, the length, the power, they're all there. The bend, all the physical tools are there. Technique-wise, he understands how to dip his shoulder. He understands how how to clear hands with an outside swipe. He needs to work an inside move. He needs to learn how to position himself for power rushes. And he is nothing in run defense right now. Run defense, he's just trying to like, he, he, he doesn't even use his hands sometimes. So he just like lets a guy get into his chest. and Then he's just trying to fight power with power. And he's not going to be a high impact tackle guy at or behind the line of scrimmage anytime soon, in my opinion. But I have the physical foundation. And I do have a, a shadow. I do have a, a framework of a technical base. It's not perfect, but it's there. Oh, absolutely needs another season. One hundred percent needs yeah, to go yeah, back yeah. to school. Uh, if there's no season this year, I would recommend for a player of this mold to go back to school next year and to put it on film. If he learns an inside swim move, and he starts activating his hands earlier in his rushes, he's gonna have nine sacks, uh, and, I, and he knows how to get out of a stance. Like yeah, it's just that simple.
0: Uh, it was just clear that he was not confident in exactly what to do on every every single play. Right? I mean, it, it's just it kind of shows up when you see the flashes of what the guy can do versus, I guess, the majority of his snaps. It's clear that he's just not playing at his full potential. Like, he's almost playing at, like, 80% of what he could do because on the plays where they just tell him, you know, like, his design on the play is, hey, just get in the backfield. Like, just go yeah. get the quarterback. Run really fast There, attack. The there are times where he fires off the ball and just, like, Herculean presses what would be like a double team or a help block on it because he's so quick. And then the, the running back of the quarterback's like, all right, I'm, I'm getting out of here. See ya. And like bounces to the outside or outside of the pocket or whatever. And those plays just don't happen a ton. I mean, he's only started one game so far in his career. I, I it was like you were saying in full rotation before. He just doesn't know a lot of what he's doing. I, I got to say though, Journey Brown, Saquon Barkley, Miles Sanders, Mike Kosicki, Yeter Gross Matos, um Micah Parsons, Jason Oa. What, th- it, is Penn State the greatest strength and conditioning program in the country? It's gotta I,
1: be. I don't I I I don't like Pat Fryermuth, Mike Isicki. Yeah, Pat, Pat Fryermuth too. Was, just remember, I remember th- I will never forget Mike Isicki's combine for as long as, it as just I just didn't like. make any sense. It was like we were out here making dad jokes about Mike Goseki, a volleyball player. And he was ninetieth percentile in every single athletic test. Ninety eight in Vert, ninety seven in Braun, ninety eight in three code, ninety five in short shuttle, ninety six in, in, in uh long shuttle, ninety two in Wingspan. Never I, talk to me again.
0: I imagine I imagine Penn State watched uh Rocky four and they watched like the 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 Russian workout scene where where they're putting um Drago through like the super high tech thing to make him basically like the greatest cyborg human boxer of all time, and Penn State was just like hell yeah, that's what we got to do. <laughs> we got to yeah, form a, like- a strength program like that.
1: I'd be James Franklin. I'd be standing in front of a recruit and I'd be like, listen, young man, I can't promise you a Big Ten championship. It's a good conference. Can't promise you a playoff berth. It's tough to get in there. Only four teams. Can't promise you, you know, NFL draft. You got to be able to work through that. That that's on you as as much as it's on me. But I can promise you, we will make you so jacked. <laughs> <laughs> your Instagram photos will be nuts for at least the next three years.
0: I'd commit. I commit yeah. today.
1: <laughs> I appreciate your honesty, sir. Where do I sign? Um, yeah,
0: I'm gonna actually check if I got any eligibility left. Probably not. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna show up for a day and try to figure out what the workout program is. Uh, let's let's stick on Penn State. Let's do Shaka Tony. You've. Study him more in-depthly than I have, but I popped on a couple of games, so I got a baseline of what he was able to do. What do you think of Shaka Tony another edge rusher coming out of Penn State?
1: Yeah, so the the um, the background that I had on Shaka Tony, oops, excuse me, I bumped my mic. <clears throat> the background that I had on Shaka Tony yeah, he, uh, he came in super undersized, 195 pounds as a recruit. Uh, he was a four-star player, but he was just a super light outside edge rusher coming out of— Somewhere in, in in Virginia, I think. Um, yeah would they would they but, pack would they pack on a real casual forty pounds on him? Yeah, but it, it's it's important noting uh, that Tony uh, is a practicing uh, Muslim, and so he has a month long fast called Ramadan in the spring, right in May every year. And so in Ramadan you're fasting from dawn to dusk on every single day. And with Tony, it was extremely important that he continued to add mass in order to get on the field. And so Tony, living with uh, other players on the football team, would have them, they, they would help him out. He would wake up every two hours in the middle of the night and just eat peanut butter sandwiches and protein shakes. That's and how then you go do it, man. Sleep.
0: That's how you yeah. do it.
1: And so he would get, so he, the Penn State strength staff and, and, and James Franklin got him anywhere between 5,000 to 6,000 calories only eating between dusk till dawn. So this young man was slit, was fasting, not eating. Sunrise to sundown in the weight room. It's incredible. Critical to him gaining playing time after like Sharif Miller was drafted, right? He would not get to eat until dusk and then he would start throwing food down, go to bed for two hours and then, you know, like Kevin Gibbons would wake him up be like, you gotta eat. And then he would eat again. <laughs> again. He's did this for multiple, multiple Ramadans, multiple Ramadan fasting seasons. It's wild. wild. Yeah, unbelievable. It's and a crazy so,
0: commitment I, I, on so, both accounts.
1: Right. And so, so uh, this story last year was how I, I I got to know Shaka Tony. It's on the Draft Network. Um, you should read a good site. He's up to 240, 240 plus now. He's not the biggest dude, but he does fill out his frame, which he yeah, was not. Now he, he, yeah, now he, yeah, right, right, right. Now he looks like
0: he's, he's into his own.
1: Yeah. He can continue to add mass, but the, the, uh, the dire need for it, like when he was out there rushing the quarterback at 210 and his freshman year, like that's not happening anymore, which is great. Um, bend, burst. Outside style rusher. Not not the best dude you're going to get a, a, against the running game. Has a, a a good inside rush profile, so he's able to threaten to the outside and then that hit that swim back inside. That inside counter is really, really nice, important part of his game. Um, He's got the two-handed swipe. He's got the cross chop to clear the hands on the outside shoulder. He is a quality outside rusher he has a lot of the technique that you're hoping is going to come to Owe. he's got a lot of the athleticism just not in in, in a total you know crazy galactic way that that jason does but he's a nfl caliber athlete he's an nfl caliber rusher right now he probably isn't a three down player unless he continues to add mass and he gets put in a good spot but shaka to me looks like a top 100 player he i i think we know what shaka is I think he
0: does too. And I think he's just starting to really hone in on it and master it. And I think that's really good. Because I think that in the NFL, he's going to be a pass for a specialist. That's what I think. But that's, I mean, shoot. Well, just think about how much your game changes when you go from 200 to 240 over the course of two years. Well, sure. And I think that he has been able to, because certainly coming in, as as he has gone throughout his journey, when he was at a lower weight, they were like, all right, well, you're at a lower weight. You're more explosive. We're going to make you a speed rusher. Now he's all of this all of these pounds bigger and he's still good at that. You know, there were times when he was rushing from a seven technique spot and he just like offensive tackles just didn't stand a chance. I think he's got that first step in that rip and that's really nice for him. He is a a speed outside rusher and he's a pass rush specialist. And I I don't think you're going to primarily be playing him in the early downs in the NFL, but you don't have to. I think this is his role. I think he does it really well and I think it is absolutely useful on every single team. Just because you're not getting the start does not mean you don't have an impact and also doesn't mean you won't cash in in the NFL. When you could get to the pass rusher, even as a specialist, I, I think he could have a really nice career for a variety of different teams.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you want to enjoy your life, put on Shaka Tony against Purdue for good film and then go to Kyle Krabs timeline, search Shaka Tony and watch a rep of Shea Patterson throwing an interception on a screen that was like 100% clearly covered. And then Shaka Tony <laughs> turns around, points at Shea Patterson, and starts laughing directly in his face. Shaka Tony is a very important person to me.
0: I feel so bad for Shea. Dude is, dude, out, dude, Shea? Dude is just a broken broken man at this point. <laughs> Big sad. Big sad. Uh, I looked at Big Cat Bryant. I gave him a little bit of a look. I watched a couple of games from him. Six foot five, 250 pounds. He's got the size. I mean, you really love the size. He was a four-star recruit coming out. He's pretty highly touted. Uh, his legal name is not Big Cat. It is Marcavius. That is his his actual first name. But he goes by Big Cat Bryant. It says Big Cat Bryant on the Auburn bio. So, damn it, that's what we're calling him. We got another uh, Boogie Basham situation where we got a, a man just flying by a full brand at this point.
1: And and the size translates there, too, as well.
0: Yes, it does. Number one. Where's number one as an edge rusher? Yes, sir. You love to see it. He's put on a lot of weight since coming in from Auburn. I believe he was only about 220, 225. Now he's up to 250. But I'll say, you know, you've mentioned this before about other prospects. I think he's light below the waist. I think he's light in the lower body. And he doesn't really have a lot of power. I think he's kind of twitchy. You know, I think that he could get off the ball. I think he can move laterally pretty well. I think he's got some active hands, but it just doesn't seem like he has the functional power from the lower body to really make anything out of a lot of different stuff. I mean, when he gets locked up, I mean, he's pretty much locked up. He's not ripping off anybody. There's not a big counter-strength move that he has. He could do a little bit of speed to power, but once the offensive lineman in front of him Gets their anchor down, Big Cat's not really moving him anywhere. And there are a couple of times where, you know, he was rushed to the outside. He was getting to the sideline where he'd get blocked a little bit by a tight end or even sometimes wide receivers that were handling him a little bit. And it's like, oh, man, that's just not going to fly. You know, like that's not going to fly as a full time rusher. So he did a lot of stand up stuff as well. So definitely in that stand up three, four outside linebacker mold. But not going to lie, I didn't love his film. I, I thought he, this, this, the missing strength profile for him, was clearly missing. And I feel like it's because he just doesn't carry a lot of weight in his lower body and his lower half from, from his butt all the way down to his feet. He just doesn't have a lot of mass there. And I think that really shows up when he tries to fight and you know, he tries to get power in there and it just has, doesn't happen too much. He's a quick rusher, quick dude for six five two fifty, but doesn't have enough strength in his game right now.
1: Yeah. I've felt similarly when I've watched Auburn defensive film, um, Malcolm Coates, uh, Buffalo, we Ed's. think we
0: think Malcolm yep.
1: Coots, Malcolm K, good old <laughs> Malcolm K, uh, good old MK, good old yeah. M. That's what so, we we'll just call. Him. Playing at at um at Buffalo six three two forty eight. I think that's about on the nose. Wants to play outside of the tackles radius. Doesn't love getting inside of the tackles radius. And so when you watch his best reps. It's with a little, you know, ghost swipe move. He hit, he hit a nice one against Penn State. He had an inside swim against Penn State. Uh, he he's a bit of a kitchen sink rusher. He's got a lot to him, which is nice to see. And he's very high effort. On uh, so he will throw a move. It'll miss. He'll throw a second move. It'll miss. He'll throw a third move. It'll hit. And he'll get you know somewhere behind the peak of the pocket. Quarterback scrambling around. He's hustling after guys. Got a big radius. On uh, so he he uh, not dissimilarly to Rashid. He's the sort of player who maybe it don't work the way it's supposed to, but because he doesn't stop, uh, he'll pick up stats that a lot of other players wouldn't um, because of the the willingness he has playing. Um, he's got to get stronger, does not like to play through power at this stage, um, and I and I do think that there is a little bit of a scheme limitation with him. He, he really wants those outside alignments, um, and if you're not getting those to him, he's got to learn how to better – win in a phone booth right now, which is not his strength. Good athlete, clearly NFL caliber athlete, going to be a draft pick, going to be a a guy with the potential to start for sure. It's a very important season for for Malcolm if he does get a season um, because I think that technical growth is necessary for him to put himself as a group of five prospect with some of these other power five guys we've talked about in the tier two, tier three group.
0: Uh, I just double checked while you were talking, and it is in fact Malcolm Coon, so you got it.
1: Great name. You got it.
0: You nailed it. Uh, Was there somebody else I couldn't remember that you wanted to get to,
1: or is that it? Um, that's it. That's all of them. Oh, Ojolari, the George kid is good. All right, that's it. Okay,
0: all right. Thank you for getting that in there. Really appreciate your in-depth analysis. Everybody... Golson,
1: Iowa, he's good too.
0: <laughs> analysis you can only get here on the Locked On NFL Draft <laughs> Podcast. Ben and I are going to be giving our top fives. For the edge rusher position going into the 2020 college football season for the 2021 NFL draft at the beginning of our Fan Friday podcast tomorrow. If you're listening to this podcast on Thursday, I'm going to be asking the Fan Friday question on Twitter Thursday evening. So look out for that. Make sure you ask whatever question you want. It is an ask me anything format. Get in on the show. They've been fantastic
1: groups are rank. Sorry, that's not important right now. Go ahead.
0: I mean, it's going to be important tomorrow for the podcast, so you better get it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you got to get it down. Until then, you guys keep it locked right here on Lockdown NFL Draft.